laughing big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years That shit house gift you think will be insightful Clever or just well researched we're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one car It is Wednesday, June the 2nd. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, I've got some terrible news. Neither of us were picked up in the mid-season draft. I've just checked the top 10. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. No one needs a 43-year-old dour left foot halfback flank. Well, not even halfback flank. I didn't have enough run for that. Back pocket. No one needs a dour, unskilled, mouthy back pocket. Imagine if one of the teams had just decided to use their draft pick in this year of all years to recruit somebody who wasn't even aware they were being recruited. <laughs> like, surely you have to sign some sort of paper. You do. You have to nominate. You have to declare yeah. yourself for the draft. So it would have come as a great surprise if either you or I were read out as one of the club's recruits. Because as far as I know, neither of us filled out the forms mm. to nominate ourselves for the mid-season draft. If it was the case that the player didn't have to nominate, that yeah. any club could pick That's any- what it should be. What? <laughs> you don't have to nominate. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like any club, anyone, anyone can pick is any fair player, game. and they're yeah. compelled by law <laughs> that they have to, they have to play. <laughs> like it's, there's no way out of it. So, who do you reckon of all the retired players? Who do you think would have, people would have gone for first? I reckon there's two. I reckon like Harry Taylor would probably come in handy. About now, everyone loves... Like, Harry Taylor defender. would still like to play. I heard him in an interview the other day and they kind of asked him and he said there's still weeks. Like if you were, if they let him play every third week, he'd probably still be playing. So I think that um, Harry Taylor's definitely one. I heard Shane uh, Savage interviewed. He was like really, really surprised and quite pissed off that he got cut at the end of last year and he's been <laughs> cutting it up in the VFL. I reckon if I was like, you know, uh, you know a chief operations officer or whatever... I'd be trying to talk my team into getting Cyril. Like, why not? Why not? It's a fucking another strange COVID year. Anything could happen. They might postpone. Get Cyril in. Put him in the four. Especially if you're like a Brisbane or a, or a Melbourne or a Bulldogs or one of those kind of top four teams. Especially if you were like any of the teams in the competition, let's be honest. Like, what team wouldn't benefit from having Cyril there? Yeah. Everyone gets a real. So how old Cyril? Because Cyril's like only thirty or something. Still, yeah, isn't he? felt like, like he Cyril retired. Is still early. at an age where he could play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- well, let's think about it. So there's been a couple of famous comebacks, right? Like Tony Lockett retired and came back was never as good. Did Barry Hall? I get the feeling did Barry Hall retire and come back? For, did he go back to Sydney or GWS or something? Okay, I feel possibly. like he did. Tim Watson retired, came back, was good. Gary Ablett retired, came back, was good. Fraser Gehrig retired for like six weeks, came back. <laughs> was no good. <laughs> so it is possible that Cyril, young young guy, I mean, just the hamstrings, it's a soft tissue with Cyril, isn't it? Like a period of inactivity. Well, not inactivity, but, you know, not doing high-performance athletics to then hope that he could get out on a footy field and not pop a hammy. Apparently, there was talk that Boomer Harvey still thinks he could be playing. Of course. <laughs> Boomer Harvey but I can, but I is can like that old that. guy at the bar who like wants to get to a fight. Will roll his sleeves up. He's like seventy years old. He's like, all right, yo whippersnapper, I can show you a thing or two. 
if I were being serious about this, I think that Cyril <laughs> is the number one. If you thought there was any chance that you could recruit Cyril, you would still have a go at recruiting Cyril. Oh, hang on. Is Cyril number one or is Gary Ablett number one? Because Gary Ablett's only a year out of the game. I think if Cyril said, hey, I've changed my mind, I want to play top-level football again, there's more upside in what you might potentially get out of Cyril over the next two, three years than out of Gary Ablett would be my... Depending... If if it's for the next four games, if it's for the rest of the season, then probably Gary Ablett because he's probably more ready to go. But if Cyril's like, no, yeah. no, no, if you recruit me in this, like lock me in on a three-year deal, then Cyril's your guy. I was, I was think depending on where you were on the ladder, like I, you could see, I mean, imagine, uh, he, just when he thought he was out, imagine if GWS redraft Gary Ablett Jr. And it's like he's compelled. He has to play for them. They sign him up for a three-year contract. I reckon he would do well at GWS. I think they're at a stage now, got a bunch of good, Young midfielders. Imagine like Gaz mentoring Matt Rowell. Oh, so so at Gold Coast, you mean? Not Gold at GWS. Coast. Oh, sorry, yeah. Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he'd probably do well at both of those teams. The other other one. Okay, let me throw a, a spanner in the works. All right. Again, I don't think this is a person who is interested in playing football. But say this person decided, no, 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 I've rediscovered my love of football. I'm absolutely ready to go again. Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd's still in his mid-twenties. Like, if he... The way that the game has changed back again, the style of footballer he was would be more rewarded in this modern-day game than it was previously. Like, clearly, he doesn't want to play and he had his mental health issues and he stepped away from the game. But if there was a possibility that he was fighting fit, ready to go, and wanted to play again, I think Tom Boyd would be right up there. I think if he... There was evidence that he'd had a year we'd torn it up in the VFL like, you know, kicked 60 goals or something like that, then definitely clubs would, would have a sniffer around. Do you think, what about, if you had the choice between, they're both fully fit, they've both been playing well, Alex Rance or Tom Boyd? For the Bulldogs Alex, now, who do you, who do you need Alex more? Rance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Alex Rance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Absolutely. I mean, you want to sell our flag, but see you later, pal. <laughs> no loyalty but, at the kennel. I mean, Alex Rance could still play, right? That's him he now. Def- He's just calling to yeah, let that's you know. That's him on the phone. I heard it. Siri, call Alex Rance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he still could play. I mean, I was actually expecting that was – I mean, there was talk at the start of the year, around the middle of the year, that he was going to be um, – we're in the middle of the year – that he was going to play again. And I was ex- fully expecting – you know, he seems like that kind of cat who would just go on like a sabbatical and then come back. Yeah, I, I think he would he would be the great comeback. If if Richmond even, I guess that would have been a really amazing story. I mean, Richmond obviously have been decimated by injuries this season. If they'd gone to the draft tonight and they'd called out Alex Rance, that would have been like that that would have got oh. me reinvigorated about Richmond. You know what would be fucking an awesome storyline? Is if Bevo at the mid season draft nominates Bob Murphy gets you guys into a grand final, keeps Bob on the bench for three quarters, then lets him just have one fucking quarter. Just you've got 11 weeks to prepare for this one fucking game, Bob. Do you think, do you think you can do it? I mean, what a, what a ultimate piece of arrogance by Luke Beveridge (laughs) for a start that he thinks that like the Bulldogs are so guaranteed of getting to win another grand final that we're going to play one man down for, well, he could be the medical sub. 
Yeah, yeah mate, Bob dude, Murphy on Bob Grand Final Murphy, Day is the medical sub, and somebody goes down, he gets the play. He's not just beloved, you know, at the Bulldogs. He's beloved as a football figure. Mm. If Bevo's thinking, I need need an edge, like right. you know, we were the fairy tale story, but that's been done now, and now there's all these. There's Melbourne's the new fairy tale, and then people are on Brisbane. The Bulldogs aren't getting many headlines. Bevo's like, a I bring back a club legend that motivates the boys because who doesn't yeah. want to fucking get Bob Murphy that that grand final medal he deserved. B, we get in the papers because what the fuck is Bevo doing? And C, he can hang like hang out together. We can skateboard. You know, Bob can pull out his guitar. We can listen to Rage Against the Machine. Well, Bob wouldn't just have to pull out his guitar. Bevo could pull out his guitar because did you see the video footage of them going up to Sydney to get ready for oh, no. going over to Perth on the weekend? Bevo is the guitar packer. Oh, my God. He's that guy who you got to wait for at the airport for ages because it hasn't come out of oversize yet. Annoying. Super annoying. Do you reckon Bevo, like, you know, on end of season trips or whatever, what stage of the night does Bevo pull out the guitar at the party? So everyone's just having some drinks, you know. Maybe you've won a final. You're back at someone's hotel room. Everyone's having a beer, relaxing. What stage does Bevo bust out the guitar? Early on, because you've got to remember – we already have form on the board for this because remember in 2016, Luke Beveridge wrote a song with some mates of yeah. his that was like the Bulldogs unofficial anthem. Yeah. And then at the after party uh, that night after the grand final, he was up on stage <laughs> singing that song with that band. So speaking of songs, we talked last week about Frio's new song and I've managed to track it down. So I thought that maybe... We can listen to a bit of it, right? They're not going to copyright yeah. strike us, are they? Would YouTube do it? No. All right. Well, let's just listen to a bit of it. And if you, if you want to just raise your hand when you want to, you've got something to say. But all right, let's start starting now. First thing I'll say, a lot of drums. <laughs> okay. But is that meant to kind of like, you know, be a bit like the bouncing of a, a football on like the change rooms you know floor before the game it's got a like it, it, it kind of reminds me of the football. start of iron man by black sabbath you know doom doom down 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 all right let's let's continue okay i'm in though i'm in all so right. far so from on the evidence i've heard so far i'm intrigued sounds like iron man I've got an article from uh, Tone Deaf, uh, which is like a, you know, but, <laughs> no, it's it's actually quite a I know, I, I know, it's very respected music bag. <laughs> so, yeah, um, attached to Bragg Media. And so, uh, headline here is, Kevin Parker wrote the Freo Dockers hype track, and it's anything but tame. Oh, ah, nice. Good nice. play on words. Yeah. Um, all right, this is by Genevieve Enright. 
Kevin Parker of Tame Impala fame made the Freo Dockers a hype track, and of course it slaps harder than an afternoon at the AFL. It what? was. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever said to someone, "I just spent the afternoon at the footy, and man, that slapped." <laughs> I have never <laughs> used that adjective in relation to a day at the football. <laughs> it slaps harder than Ben Cunningham's fist into an opponent's midriff. <laughs> uh, all right. It was not much of a surprise that the most famous psychedelic rock singer to come out of Perth right now has been announced at the free as a Fremantle Dockers number one ticket holder. Okay, now just for a second, that immediately yeah. makes Frio cooler, doesn't it? Like right. he's a legitimate Absolutely. rock star. Like that's the equivalent of Chris Hensworth barracking for the Bulldogs. You've got some fucking like, you know, A-class celebrity credibility there. This is no Charlie Clawson at the Saints. Like this is a legitimate triple A-class celeb. Well, also what I would say is it's cool. Like, I mean, you know, Tame Impala are a cool band. They're not really seen as being like necessarily a football band. And so I think that the, I would imagine that Kevin Parker is either an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. introvert. One yeah. of the two. It yeah. feels like it absolutely suits the vibe they're going for at Freo. Well, uh, it would be disappointing if it was for the Eagles, right? The fact that yeah. they're Freo or Freo and then this rock star is backing them. That's what makes it cool. Hi, I'm Kevin Parker from Tame Impala, and I'm thrilled to be the number one ticket holder for the Fremantle Dockers. I've been a Dockers supporter for as long as I can remember, about six months. (laughs) Some of my favourite gigs are this. I feel like by the third sentence, he is really grasping at straws about his connection with Fremantle. So, hi, I'm Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. I'm thrilled to be number one ticket holder for the Fremantle Dockers. I've been a Dockers supporter for as long as I can remember. Some of my favourite gigs have been in Fremantle. <laughs> what? That is okay. the most token fucking shout out. <laughs> I, I went straight through Fremantle. Footscray's got some good uh, Vietnamese restaurants, <laughs> eh? <laughs> uh, he joins the ranks of another, um, other number one ticket holders. Oh, oh okay. okay, great. Who is the West Coast Eagles' number one ticket holder i believe uh she was a guest on my club is it narrowly meadows no no not no oh i don't uh is it uh give me a profession well my, uh, well a, a professional sports person okay. female professional sports person i'm assuming this is at the moment but maybe they're just referring to people who've been the number one ticket holder at some okay. stage but so we're talking about yeah the west coast eagles not not at Fremantle. Oh. who's who's okay. The number one ticket holder at the West Coast Eagles. Oh, is it like a tennis player? No. No. Uh, an athlete. Think is about, it? she has a connection with the West Coast Eagles. Oh, uh, uh, um, Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr. That's a good pick. Uh, the number one uh, female soccer player in the world, probably. And Adelaide Football Club. Who is the Adelaide Football? Well, I don't know if this who is or who was the Adelaide Football Club number one ticket holder. Uh, profession, a professional sports person. So I think, uh, yeah, okay. In the same, no, all right, uh, male or female, male cricketer, no, uh, very obvious. I would have thought in, from South Australia. Who's the, who's the most famous athlete from South Australia? Daniel and identifies as a Crow supporter. You would know uh, he's Leighton a Crow Hewitt, supporter. Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt. All right, yeah, yeah. Is he still the number one ticket holder? I don't know. This don't article know does not actually give me enough information. Okay. Um, but let's not forget that this combination isn't anything new. 
Melbourne ska band The Cat Empire wrote the big, big sound anthem for the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Not the actual band, one of the guys from from the band. Harry, I believe, from the band might have written that song. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, here we go. This is great. Midfielder and forward Nat Fife from the Fremantle <laughs> side was chuffed to meet Parker after the game. Oh, wow. Hugging and telling him that. Okay, oh, yes. this is brilliant. Oh, great. Wow. So you've got to guess. Hmm. <laughs> this is an interaction between Nat Five and yep. Kevin Parker. They've just played in the game. Nat goes over. He hugs Kevin Parker. And what does Nat say to Kevin Parker about the song? Um, uh, that song is on high rotation in my helicopter. <laughs> I listen to it when I take off, when I land. <laughs> Your song got us going, is what Nat oh, said. Fuck, mate. It works. And then in, re- in reply, this is what uh, <laughs> this is what Kevin Parker says. That's what they're saying around town, bro. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Fucking hell, imagine that. Kevin Parker met someone who could out-bro. Met, Nat Fife met someone who could out-bro him. That's amazing. Because Nat Pike <laughs> is the rock star of Fremantle. He got out rock starred. Uh, okay, here we go. They've got some of the lyrics here. Okay, Frio, go. Frio, the crowd vocals chant rigorously as it leads into, I want to be all in. You have to count me in. Oh, no, you, no, sorry. I want to be all in. You'll have to count in me. Let's go. Let's go. Is that it? I'm, that's not what I heard. Mm. No, that, it's obviously. I not thought it was like Frio let the tears flow. <laughs> that's what I heard. I mean, that's probably not what the line was. Mm. I don't know, but anyway, good. That was worth it. <laughs> All right, just to go back to that mid-season draft for a bit, because um, I'm on the AFL website. Let's play a game. I'm going to go through the top ten. I want you to make a prediction about each player. Give me like number of games, and. Career highlight. Okay, great. All right. So uh, the kid who went number one is Jacob Edwards from the Sandringham Dragons. He got drafted by North Melbourne. I believe he's a ruckman. He's a tall, uh, not filled in ruckman. The talk is, because he's he's underage at the last draft, I think, or Mm -hmm. whatever, under the the cutoff. And they say that the season he's having now, before COVID, he probably would have gone top 10 in the end of this year's draft. so Yeah, so it's basically a bonus top 10 draft pick for North Melbourne. So he plays 150 games and he has three top 10s in the best and fairest. Yeah, okay. All right, so the Hawks have uh, drafted Jai Newcomb from Box Hill. Don't know anything about him. I'm just going to put him in the old uh, computer. Newcomb? How do I spell Newcomb? Like the tennis player or like, you know, we're going to Yeah, like tennis player. Okay, all right. Joe Newcomb. I mean, nickname's got to be Beauty. Beauty Beauty Newcomb. Is that what the other... I don't know much about tennis. Do you remember? It was like the most famous... Like It became Beauty Nuke. It was like a famous like Australian saint. Mate, if I didn't know that and I'm 43 years old, there's no way a bunch of young footballers (laughs) are going to call him Beauty Nuke. No, new comb would be new comb, comb, hairbrush, 
um, <laughs> uh, uh, makeup, uh, L'Oreal. That's what they call it. Al, you can call me Al. You can call me Al. All right. What happens in Jai Newcomb's career? Uh, Jai Newcomb, I know nothing about, but he's going to Hawthorne, so I'm going to guess he's going to play. He's going to play 30, 35 games in his career. Okay, that's that's serviceable. All right, what about Collingwood? They've drafted a kid called Ash Johnson. Do you reckon he's stoked about going to Collingwood? Ash Johnson's going to be president, uh, so <laughs> he'll spend most of his time at boardroom meetings. He's just getting his ticket prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that, no, he'll be... Uh, Nathan Buckley will immediately kind of fall in love with him. He'll become an underdog metaphor uh, for the side, the ultimate backs like against that. the wall player. And I think he'll pl- end up playing a really serviceable career of like 70 or 80 AFL games. Adelaide took Patrick Parnell at number four. He's from the Murray Bush Rangers. Patrick Parnell, it's kind of that alliteration of like a comic book character. Patrick pa- Parnell. Pat pa- pa- Parnell. PP. Double P, the big PP. All right, no, easy nickname. Patrick Parnell, PP, yeah. we piss. <laughs> Trough, <laughs> trough, yeah. unfortunately, uh, sleeps on a toilet trough pre-season in his very ironic, boots, does his knee and uh, never plays a game, unfortunately. Uh, at number five, the Gold Coast took Ned Moyle, who sounds like a character from The Simpsons. I mean, Ned Moyle also feels like he should have been playing for the Bush Rangers with a name like Ned, but yeah. I would say Ned Moyle um, gets heat stroke. Uh, you know, training during the season, um, it gets delisted at the end of the year. I reckon he becomes a rugged defender. He's a shutdown player, and he loves he loves intercepts and punching the ball out of a forward's hands. And when he does, he goes, "Yeah, what a spoil! I'm Ned Moyle." <laughs> at number six, Carlton took Alex Murkov from their VFL team. Alex Merkov, I feel like he's played before. The name sounds familiar. Okay, Alex so they've, they've probably redrafted somebody then, possibly. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say that's optimistic. He probably plays <laughs> a couple of games this season. He plays a, a bit next season and he's in and out for three or four seasons. You know, handy, serviceable player. Maybe even gets dropped back out again, redrafted again. But just one of those, like, you know, reliable list players. GOP. It's like a... It's, it's like our podcast, just a good ordinary yeah. podcast. There's a good ordinary 40, player. 40, 40, 40 games. Uh, St Kilda have drafted a, a young bean pole called Max Heath uh, from the Sandringham Dragons. I believe he's 204 centimetres tall. A developing who, project. Who have drafted him? Who's The he? Saints. The Saints. So oh. we've got two giant Maxes now. <sighs> Give me Man. some good news, Will. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, no, that's – yeah, I, I think this is good news. I mean – Here's what will happen. I reckon Paddy Ryder will mentor this kid. Paddy Ryder will probably try and hang on for another couple of years, get this kid developed. Then Marshall and Heath become the most fearsome ruck combination in the, in the AFL. How's that for a happy ending, Saints fans? I love it. I'm on board. Uh, at number eight, the Giants took James Peatling – unfortunately won't play. Oh, the first one. He doesn't play a game. Um, Essendon gets Sam Durham. Uh, yes, yeah, Sam. Sam, I feel like, uh, won't play this season, but we'll have some great games next season. And lastly, Richmond took ex-St. Kilda player, Matthew Parker. Matthew Parker, MP400, as I believe his nickname was, MP400. 
he's a good player. He's, he'll, he's, uh, win, he'll win his first Premiership medallion this year when Richmond oh, come from eighth yeah. place to, to win it again. Um, great. He'll be a Premiership player in about 12 weeks. Now, uh, well, when we talked about Brody Grundy last week, we learned all about uh, Trey Rusco, the uh, teaser pony for um, Brody Grundy. And uh, you found this video and you sent it to me, which is uh, we love of some video of a player calling his family, letting them know he's playing his first game. So this is Troy and his and his mum. And if you haven't uh, seen this, uh, the audio is all you need. So let's just hit it, shall we? Oh, I see. What? You started the ring, did you? Yeah, I rung, yeah. How you going? Good, mate, but uh, how about a phone call every now and then? <laughs> I, gave you one, I gave you one the other day. Hey? I gave you one the other day. Yeah, no, it's going pretty well. Um, I just got something to tell you. What, love? What have you done? What do you want? Something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm playing my first game tomorrow. What? I'm playing my first game tomorrow. Debut. Oh, f off. Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Let's just take a little pause there. So... I was convinced watching this that this was a setup, that she didn't know that he was on camera and that it was like people from the club standing behind her. But what becomes quickly evident is this is all legitimately what she's like. She thought she was just talking to her son and this is the kind of relationship they have. Yeah, good that you finally gave me a call. What, what are you in trouble for now? What, yeah. what have you fucked up? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know, it's good. Oh, are you stirring me up? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm serious. <laughs> what? I got my wire. Boys <laughs> Oh, no. So right now he's just showing her that he's, uh, he's in the club rooms with the coaches and stuff. We've just told him he's going to play his first game. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, Trey, that is so good. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. It's good. <laughs> oh, it's just the best. That oh. is so worth it. Um, I mean, I imagine that. that's that's your spa chat that Brody and Trey are having. Like when they pop into the hot tub when they're in lockdown, it's just Brody hearing stories of Trey and his mum. I reckon. Well, you know how I was saying, like, why does like Brody have to take Trey to the shops all the time? Now that I see him talking on camera, I'm like, oh, yeah, that seems like a guy who <laughs> needs someone to take him to the shops. Hey, can you take me to the shops? <laughs> Brody. Yeah. Brody, yeah. big week for Brody Grunny the other, obviously, out for three weeks, so he'll be wrapped. Doesn't have to play the thing that he hates the most in his entire life, football. <laughs> um, speaking of Trey, uh, because we're so in love with his mother, um, the listener who's been sending us in uh, all the player profiles, and I mentioned last week that he never – uses his name and he explained this week it's because he's a school teacher <laughs> so thank you i know who you are uh, uh the audience thanks you but he actually found a, a trey rusco oh. uh, pocket profile oh, uh, from oh, this awesome. year so we're going to dedicate a good chunk of time to the rusco family uh will having seen that video do you feel like you might have a better sense so you've heard brody's version of what trey is you've just got that do you think you're in a good place to get in the mind of teaser pony Trey Rusco. I'm excited to try. That's what I will say. Like, 
this is one that I am going into because I want to know more about Trey Rusco. I want to see this mystery unfold. So let's see how we go. Okay. All right. Let's begin, shall we? All right. What is his nickname? And it's not an obvious one. I'll need to give you a clue. It's something that might happen to you if you had a venereal disease. Scratchy. <laughs> Itchy. His nickname is... Itchy. His, his nickname is Drip. Drip. Oh. <laughs> All right. It was a bit of a cryptic clue. I'm so sorry about that. Okay. No, I like Drip too. It feels like that actually suits him. I like the idea that his nickname is Drip. This this feels like 100% Trey Rusko as far as I know about him so far. Well, that's good. If this was a boxing match, I think you've just taken one in the chin because you just need to get a feel for your opponent. You're sort of willing to kind of cop one, to wear it, just so you get a sense of, okay, I now know this guy's distance and everything like that. Okay, so you're in. As a kid, what did you want to be? An AFL footballer? Great. Well, don't overthink it. Your first instincts are always going to be correct, okay. I reckon. I'll make it easy for you. What team did you follow as a kid? It's a Western Australian team. West Coast Eagles. Oh, no. And we just spent fucking 10 minutes talking about Frio. I thought you were there. Damn it. Uh, okay. All right. This one should be a good settler for you. Best player you've played with. Oh, Normally, I'd say Scott Pendlebury when you're at Collingwood, but he does spend a lot of time in the spa with Brody Grundy. So, is it one of those two people? Yes. Okay. Um, Trust your instincts. Scott, Scott Pendlebury. Scott Pendlebury. All right. Just stay in the zone. You're getting nervous. I feel like... I feel like I'm the kicking coaches at St Kilda and you're Max King. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like he gets to the right positions and then he just fucking sprays it. And every week he's looking like he's getting less and less confident. Maybe you should call Matthew Lloyd to just come fucking give you some tips. All right. Who's your most admired opponent? Uh, he's, a, he's a demon. A demon who played for another club previously. So, um, uh, Stephen May. Correct. I like this. I was about to give you a clue, but no, you got it. You're in the head of the drip. (laughs) Who is your all-time favorite player? Not a Fremantle docker, a blue. And not one that I think would – I don't think even – Carlton fans would name this guy as their favourite of all time. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, Played in the era? last 30... Uh, it, and last 20... Christo. No, last 20... No, no, more recent than that. Okay. Still very visible in the media. Um, still very visible in the media. Daisy Thomas. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daisy Thomas is very visible in the media. Chris this Judge. player... No, this player started at the Blues, ended up somewhere else. Had a fairly, um, what's the word? Not um, Controversial career. Brendan Favola. Brendan Fev Favola was his favourite all-time. Would you think that he was anyone's favourite all-time player? I mean, Troy I Rusko. If you, yeah, I was going to say, is he Trey or Troy, by the way? Oh, sorry, Trey. Getting... <laughs> it's Trey. We should, we should settle on one or the other, I would think. <laughs> 
a uh, drip tray. Like that yeah. drip. Like a drip oh, tray. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, the first player you would choose to pick you would choose in fantasy football. Don't ever think. Okay. It. Um all right. So um plays for um his team? It's probably no. the most common answer. This year, if you asked any player at the start of this year who you're going to pick for fantasy football, everyone would say it's an accumulator, award winner. I'm going to say Lucky Neil. Lucky Neil would be correct. If you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? Okay. Brody Grundy. Fucking Brody Grundy. Right? Of course it would be. They hang out in the sauna and he just asks advice like, <laughs> which is your favorite Brendan Favola game? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was the one where he's playing so badly that he got sent to play on G train and got I think three goals kicked on him. What is his preferred time slot for a grand final? Day, night, twilight. What does old Trey look like he is into? I'll make it I'll eliminate one. So he's not a traditionalist. Yeah. Okay. I I was I was thinking he wasn't a traditionalist. Either. Okay. To be honest, right. I was tossing up between twilight and night. So okay. Good. I felt the same. I feel like a guy who's if Brendan Favola is your favourite AFL yeah. player of all time, you're a nighttime operator. Um, yeah. Are you a full nighttime operator or a twilight operator? I feel like you're a full night operator. I'm going to say night grand final. You're so right. You are right in the drip tray. You're just rolling around in the. <laughs> In the fatty refuse of the drip tray. <laughs> now, this one, if you get this, then we know that you two are like, mm, simpatico. Who would you like to see as the halftime entertainment? Uh, huge pop star. Um, started off as a heartthrob. And now he's still like a heartthrob, but kind of works with a lot of kind of Legit, more legit musicians in in hip hop mainly. Now I might have yeah, Justin Timberlake. Oh, it's Justin Bieber. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. I I knew that it was it's going to sound like I was talking about Timberlake. That's the obvious one, but it's Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Trey Rusco wants to see Justin Bieber. Do you reckon that's an ironic answer for a young man to say like? Or is Bieber, have I just missed that stage where young do young guy? Because I always thought that Bieber was like, girls loved Bieber, the believers. Is Trey Rusco a believer? I think he is a believer. I think he's a true believer. I don't think it's a joke answer. Um, it could be a joke answer. I'm not sure. Can't quite That's, narrow that It's down. not enough of a joke. Like if it was... You know, whenever Justin Bieber started, 2005 or whatever, that's the joke. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you, no one wants to see that kid at the halftime entertainment. But he's worked with legitimate artists now and guested on songs with, like, Chance and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, all right. I'll give it then. He's a believer. <laughs> Do you reckon that Brody Grundy tries to turn him on to kind of, like, cooler music? Like Tame Impala or... Yeah, but not... As we learnt last week, not too much cooler music. He's like, have you ever heard oh, yeah, of Ed Sheeran? Right. Yeah, that's right. He wouldn't be. <laughs> hey, have you ever heard the Joe Rogan experience? It's <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Really opened my mind. Um, his favourite AFLW player, first name Ruby. Uh, Ruby. I've never. 
You know what I am looking forward to is because I'm just not across the AFLW as much as I no. should be. And particularly this year, I found it incredibly difficult to like just find the time to catch up with games. But I am one of those people who's definitely looking forward to, to it being in the summer because I think I'm going to watch a lot of the AFLW in the summer. So I do not know. Ruby Matthews. Ruby Shyla. Shyla? Schleier. Schleicher. <laughs> Ruby Schleicher. Schleicher. Sure. Uh, speaking of AFLW, uh, Kasha Moore, who plays for North Melbourne, has the most hilarious post on her Instagram. It's um, uh, the first video is her, and it must be in like a garage. She looks like she's back on a farm or something like that. She's in this garage, and there's this VW Beetle up on blocks, like at the end of the garage. And so she does that trick that footballers do, where you know they kick the ball into their into the air, and they kick it a few times, and they just kick it out of the air. She kicks it out of the air and just goes straight through the back seat window of this VW. It's awesome. And then you swipe to the next video and it's her and she's doing it again and she kicks one, two, and she kicks it and she smashes a fluoro light in the garage, hits the ground, her dog runs out. If you haven't seen it, you've got to check it out. I watched it about 15 times last night. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, back to the quiz. Uh, if you weren't a footballer, what would you be? And it's a trade. Carpenter. No, no, that's disappointing. Is it would like to be an electrician? I would think it'd be an electrician. Oh, sparky. What did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdowns? That I love hot tubs <laughs> and saunas. <laughs> that I need someone to drive me to the shops. Um, this is actually quite an emotionally intelligent response. This is the kind of thing that someone who maybe, uh, you know gets overwhelmed with emotion, might be coached into telling, this is what their therapist or psychologist might say, you need to start saying to people when you're getting overwhelmed. That I need my space. I need my space. <laughs> Do you think that's a sly dig at Brody Grundy? <laughs> We've maybe had this all back to front. Like the way Brody tells the story, this little kid's been, you know, yipping, nipping at his heels and following him around. Maybe fucking Brody Grundy is just – he's like the cable guy. He's always just turning up at Trey's place. Like, Trey, Trey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. He's like – Trey's like, I don't even want to go to the shops. He keeps <laughs> driving, he keeps me, driving me. Fucking see, only way. He keeps putting on bloody Tame Impala. I told him I like beebs. I'm, a, like, I'm a believer. Mate, I can drive. I'm an adult. <laughs> what is the biggest thing you missed during hub life? Don't overthink it. Well, I was going to say family, but after the phone call with his mum, I'm not 100% sure that that is actually the answer. <laughs> his dog? No, nah, it's his family and yeah. friends. Okay. Most enjoyable thing about Hub Life. This is probably the most uh, generic, vanilla, Aussie male response that you could say about doing something with a group of guys. What's the best thing about Laughing yeah, with my mates. Um, yeah. yeah. Being with a bunch of good blokes. Yeah, right. Boring. <laughs> that's bloody treading into lacocious territory. No, that, that's what you said. I, like, it was great being with a bunch of good blokes because we were staying with other teams in the hub. <laughs> so I got to hang out with them. <laughs> um, okay. What is the least enjoyable thing about hub life? Give us a clue. Well, 
I'm just going to tell you what it is because I don't know how to give you a clue. It's he's saying that the biggest, uh, the least enjoyable thing is that he couldn't lay down at the beach. So, is that because I, I thought I saw footage of players like surfing and stuff? Were they are you, were you not allowed to congregate or something? Like you could go in for the water and get out. You just couldn't sit on the sand. Is that what the you could exercise? I think, and I don't think that oh, laying right, down yeah. on the beach counts as exercise. You know, that answer and the personal space answer make me think that this guy's, I don't know, he's a bit deeper than I'm giving him credit for. Like, you know, he just wants to sort of ground himself and just lie and just be, just be in the moment, Will. Well, that's why he hadn't called his mum for a few days. He just needed some space. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, who was the biggest pest during Hub Life? Oh, okay. Um, is it a player that I would know? No, I don't think so. He's played. He, I only played like one or two games at uh, Collingwood, I believe, and now he plays for North Melbourne. He's uh, uh, Artu Bosanovalagi. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's why? <laughs> why do you think he was a pest? Because uh, he wasn't from Australia. He spoke real funny. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but he was at Collingwood, I guess. Um, no, uh, we're not allowed to be racist anymore because of that report. It really annoyed me when I saw him and I wanted to be a racist. Now, um, what is it about him? Is it some sort of, is it like a, he's got a shit rig? <laughs> no, it's, he's always trying to do something. Like, what does that mean? R2's always trying to do something. Well, it feels to me like Trey's a guy who doesn't like to do shit. Like when he Trey's down at the, the beach, he wants to lay on the beach. Like he wants some space. He wants to hang out in the hot tub. He doesn't want to be constantly bothered by R2 who wants him to be his C3PO. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, let's go and do something. No, no, thank you. Who's the funniest teammate during Hub Life? Funniest. I mean, he's got a name that almost sounds like it could be like a comedian's name or a comedic character's name. Like Steel I think there was a, side bottom. Yeah, sorry, that was misleading. I think there was a guy, there was a was a comic or a presenter in the eighties and nineties in Australia, Maynard? What's his name? Oh yeah, Maynard F. Krabs. Yeah. So Brad, whatever his name is, Matt. Braden, Braden Maynard. Maynard. Braden, Braden Maynard. Braden Maynard. I mean he's got a funny head. I'll give him that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's very square, I reckon. Um all right. Did you think if there's any poignancy? In this, like, we're reading out this pocket profile that was done in between 20 and 2021, and there's a lighthearted chat about Hub Life. Mm. And now it's very likely that the players are about to go back into Hub Life. These questions aren't as kind of, like, whimsical, are they? It's a bit real now. <laughs> I think it is a bit real because last year everybody just had to go and they didn't know that how long they might be going away for, that it might be as long as it is. And I think that there'd have to be some level of trepidation that when you're yeah. going away at the moment that you're suddenly going to go back into those circumstances. Well, now that they know what happened, like I've heard a couple of players talk about it, like Jack Revolt was talking about having a six-month-old and a two-year-old at home and he just can't can't miss out on that time. And as a dad, I know what that's like. And then Seb Ross has just had twins, so I imagine if it's going to be more than, say, a month. I think that's what the AFL are negotiating with the Players Association is they're not going to do that – 100 days, whatever it was last time, they're going to say, you know, you need to be more organized and give us more firm dates. Well, I mean, I think they'd love to be able to do that. I think everybody would love to be able to do that. I think, unfortunately, this disease is very unpredictable. And, you know, you just hope that it's only going to be another week of lockdowns in Victoria and then everything can go back to normal. 
What's the first place you want to visit after travel restrictions? Here's what I will say. Day? I will say one thing about the hubs. The idea that like dream time at the G is going to be like dream, dream time at the O or whatever. Like yeah. that they're going to play that game in front of like 60,000 people in Western Australia is cool. I actually yeah. absolutely love the idea of seeing neutral supporters. Like, I mean, of course, there'll be some who barrack for each of the teams, but there'll be a whole bunch of neutral supporters as well just going along because they think that's a great game to go along and watch. I think that will be an excellent and really different vibe for the players at the game. It's the same with the Freeze MND. I've heard suggestions mm. that they should, because they're thinking about still doing the Freeze slide at the MCG with no one there. But there was another suggestion that they do it in Adelaide and they do it with local kind of South Australian celebrities who could go down the slide and just kind of change it up a bit. And I think you get an absolutely full house in South Australia for like the Freeze game, you know, even if it wasn't, you know, South Australian teams. So I, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they were discussing the idea of, uh, because of Dreamtime at the O, in future playing different like milestone or, you know, main event games interstate. So like the showdown in Victoria, for instance, or, you know, the Q Clash. In Adelaide <laughs> I mean, that's the one. That's the hot ticket. That's the one <laughs> yeah. everybody would love. But do you reckon uh, the showdown in, at the MCG would draw like a full house or close to full? I don't know. Depends what I, the form. Would, depends I, on the form of the teams. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that it like there's more of an appeal of taking those games that are always traditionally in Melbourne and taking them to other places than there is taking those rare games that are only in those other states and taking them to oh, Melbourne. Man. You know, we I, I checked the uh, our messages this week, and there's a Western Australian who's very annoyed at how a Victorian centric like football media is, and I think that comment <laughs> about like, look, to be honest. We want to take the Victorian games out, but we don't want your stinking games coming here. <laughs> no, I just think that they just get le less. If you're a Victorian football fan, you mm. can still go to Dreamtime at the G or you can still go to like, you know, the Anzac Day Clash, even if you don't barrack for one of those teams, right? You have yeah. access to it in your city. You just don't have that same access in those other cities. I mean, I would like mm. to go and see a, a derby a or a showdown like in another state. Absolutely. What is Trey's uh, destination once travel restrictions are lifted? Oh, so an overseas destination? Yeah, and this my clue for this one is that this is an answer that you've often guessed this year, but no one has said. So Bali. I hope that helps. Bali, there you go. <laughs> uh, Favourite sporting event you'd like to attend? We can tick these off real quick, I reckon. The Super Bowl. No, NBA. Oh. Um, all right, this is an interesting one. What's a talent you wish you had? Oh, football. <laughs> no, um, a, it's a clowning skill. Oh, oh really? I was going to say, like, close-up magic, but, like, that's close <laughs> to clowning. Yeah. Uh, the ability to, like, fit 28 of my mates <laughs> in my car. <laughs> The well, ability to that's why he's desperate to get Caleb Daniel to the, my lapel. <laughs> to the Magpies. We'll start with you, Caleb. There you go. There's still plenty of room. Caleb, get in the ashtray. Um, no, he wishes he could juggle. Um, what's the last TV series he binged on? Okay. <laughs> um, it's there. It was an English series and then an American series. The Office. Shameless. Oh. Um, three famous people you would like to meet. 
let's tick off the obvious. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> then uh, two comedians who oh. have become since become movie stars. Um, one is probably the biggest stand-up comic in the world. Um, I don't think I can give you any more hints because it'll give it away. But Dave I think, Chappelle? No, no. In terms of like box office, the biggest comedian Kevin in the world. Hart. Kevin Hart. And then the other one is also a comedian who's more of a movie star who we are quite fond of at tofop.com. A comedian who's also a movie star. Oh, Adam Sandler. A comedian who be- – Adam Sandler. Uh, the fa- so that, let's think about that dinner party. So you got Kevin Hart, LeBron James. Yeah, I could I could actually see that happening. That would be a. I think it'd be an entertaining dinner party, and I think that's three dudes who probably have a lot to talk about. Yeah, fun night. LeBron out. James, like like yeah, Adam Adams, Adam Sandler definitely loves his sports. Like LeBron and Kevin Hart are probably going to get on like House on Fire. That's a well, LeBron's kind of Hollywood. That's a fun night. Yeah, that's I am. I'm, I'm liking that Trey. Favorite favorite team. Getting your hair braided. <laughs> Favorite team or sports person outside of football? It's a uh, American basketball team, and it's not one of the obvious ones. Oh, okay. Um, I would say he supports in the American basketball the Philadelphia, whatever they're called. 76ers. No, no, more in the South. Um, not really the South, South, but like <laughs> mid South. Okay, tell me. Houston Rockets. <laughs> I was never going to get that. Uh, okay. Well, if Trey won $10 million, what would he buy first? <laughs> um, uh, now, think about the answers that Brody Grundy gr- gave. What did it seem that Trey needed? Space. Oh, so he needs space. He needs to travel. Now the think world. about needs- think about Brody Grundy's answers when what was when Brody Grundy was talking about Trey. What were some of the things he talked about doing with Trey? Um, like well, he was having spas with Trey. He was talking about life with Trey. He yeah. was yeah. Oh, get a car. Try you get buy a some car. fancy car. <laughs> just a car. He said, I just, just a car. want to drive so- myself to the shops where I will spend <laughs> the rest of my money. Give me $999 million worth of mixed lollies, please. <laughs> One car. One car. $990,000 worth of mixed lollies. Um, what's your best subject at school? PE. Uh, PE. What was your first car? Don't have a car. Hold an Astra. What's your usual coffee order? Oh, I think this was exactly Brody Grundy's order. Uh, skinny latte, one sugar. Yes! <laughs> I can't believe you remembered. <laughs> the dream place you'd like to live. Quite a famous sort of resort destination. Oh, famous resort. This is, quite, this is another interesting answer from him. The Maldives. Yes. Uh, look, I'm, I'm giving it to you. We've got one question to go, but congratulations. You and Drip Tray are 100% like sympathetic. Well, not 100%, not 100%, but good. I was close. in the zone. Mm. I enjoyed it. If you had to, talented Mr. Ripley style, <laughs> take over his life, <laughs> like, you know, maybe you, you murder him. You, you're hanging out with him, Kevin Hart, LeBron James, Adam Sandler. Yeah. The night's getting longer and late, and you get into an argument with him, and you accidentally push him down some stairs. 
Then you call the club and say, oh, it's me, it's Trey, I'm injured, don't come around, just, uh, just send, uh, I'm going to just recover at the house for six weeks. And so then you're doing interviews and stuff like that. I reckon you could do that. You could yeah. pretend to be Trey. I think I could actually. I could fake it. I could be a fake Trey. I think I know enough about Trey that the people who are ringing wouldn't know any more about Trey than I know about Trey. Yeah. Those you make sure that act nobody... like they forgot about Trey. Oh, you know. Damn it. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's get to some mail before we say goodbye. Uh, you can send us a message by going to uh, Twitter, um, which is at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter, or on Instagram at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram. By the way, don't forget, probably should take a moment yeah. to mention that Melbourne played excellently against the Bulldogs and are clearly the premiership favourite. Oh. I, I, I feel like I should at least mention how good Melbourne were. They were. It was. And it was even made worse by the fact that there was no crowd there and you could actually just hear how organized their back line was. Like, yeah. like, even if you weren't looking at the screen, you were just like, wow, they have such an incredible level of communication between those players. I was going to ask you about it. Do you feel like, sure, like you lost and it's disappointing and they, and they had their shit together for sure. But is there some part of you that thinks that the Bulldogs are better off now for that? Because you've got a lot of players to come back in you know how much work you need to do. You're not going to get any kind of complacency because, you know, that was a pretty convincing win by the Demons. So you just now, you got something to focus on. You just get Bob Murphy back to the club and just run into the grand final. To quote Charlie Clawson, 100%. That's exactly how I feel. It was a great time for us to lose a game like that. We didn't embarrass ourselves. Like we were still, you know, within you know, striking distance of them, like for, you know, some of the game, even though they were clearly a better team than us. We played terribly. They played really well and it wasn't embarrassing. I think there's a lot of upside and it gives us, I think the Bulldogs need to have, you know, there's still, like if we had just kept flying through and those flaws that are in our game kept being sort of papered over, I think come finals, we would just be exposed by them. Now we just have time to hopefully come up with solution for some of those, those issues. It was, yeah, they look great. I mean, I I do feel like this year of all years, like it's so unfair. Like Melbourne finally get their shit together and who knows what's going to happen. They postpone the season or they, you know, do another f- festival to football. Like it's, when everything's been traveling so well, the last thing you want is a change in how things have been going. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. The idea that like, I mean, I don't think they will do this, but that idea like they could go away for six weeks and not play football. Imagine you're Melbourne and then that <sighs> happens. Just how much that would get inside your head. Uh, this is from JD. He says, Handy Jacked has taken the AFL by storm. Just a little side note, Handy Jacked is uh, a, a, an exercise program that Will and I came up with on our other show, Tofop, which you can find at tofop.com. The idea being that your gym workout is just you doing handiwork around the house. Um, so Handy Jack gets taken the AFL by storm. They uh, they ask you to pick an AFL player, an AFLW play, AFLW player to be spokesperson. Who do you think it should be? Which team uh, would use Handy Jack to build homes for the homeless in the offseason and which coach is getting a free addition to his house? Mm. Um Ben Cunnington, I think, seems like that. I mean, he looks like a guy who builds barns. I don't really know if the AFLW players. I mean, it'd probably just be Aaron Phillips, right? Like, she promotes everything else to do with AFLW. I I would trust Aaron Phillips to be able to build a house. I think Daisy Pierce, probably. 
Like, I think Daisy yeah. would at least be able to execute it, organize it. Like, she has a rural background, you know, she's used to that sort of hard work. I'm going to think when it comes to the AFL, Josh Kennedy. I'm not really sure why. Yeah. I can just see him swinging an axe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which team would use Handy Jack to build a home for the homeless? Uh, I reckon, well, I don't know. Who would that be? Who's, who's like the nice Which guy team there? doesn't have like a, a regular home ground of their own? Like it doesn't have like, you know, like Melbourne are always complaining about the fact that they don't have a, like a home base. Is it, Would it be a team that empathizes with the fact that they don't have a regular home base? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe the Demons. Maybe if the if the season is called off for six weeks, <laughs> the Demons can go building houses for the ball. Um, okay. Uh, this is from Scott. Has any player ever been so good at football yet so horrific at kicking for goal like Nat Fife? Uh, yeah, I reckon Matthew Richardson was probably good at footy, bad at kicking for goal. Yeah, and it was more his job than it was Nat Fife's. I mean, Nat Fife's had a shocking season. I mean, he's never been a great goal kick for like a guy who is an excellent, excellent player. But this season in particular, it's just been... I mean, I wonder what it's like when you're that good, but there is an aspect of your game that is so flawed. It must almost not compute. Well, I was listening to... I can't remember who was talking about it because the Saints goal kicking has been so bad. Uh, compared to last year, we were ranked number two for offense. This year, we're like 17th. And they were saying that a lot of the differences, because the Saints have been worked out. Last year, we like to get shots on goal that were virtually from the goal square. So now defenses are just forcing us back, meaning we're having to do more running. So by the time we're actually lining up for goal, it's fatigue. Like you've got players who are running more miles than they did last year than trying to kick. That's what I always reckon made Nick Revolt such an unreliable kick later in his career was he used to just run so hard that by the time he actually got the fucking ball, he had no juice left to kick. Uh, Mork says, excluding team success, who's had the better career, Jack or Nick Revolt? Well, let's just take a second to talk about that, Mark. So uh, I've had a, had a week to think about it, or at least you know four or five days to think about it. And I know this is sacrilegious for Saints fan who's saying, but I think it might almost be better than Nick's. What do you reckon? Isn't it amazing that Shea Bolton might not even take the best mark in his team this season. Like, I, well, when you I've heard a lot of people say Bolton that they take, like Shea Bolton's more. I think he went higher. Well, but I think it's more but, glamorous. It's more showy because you got that extra kick at the end. The photo looks amazing. All those sort of things. But if you're if you take in what you know about the game and what courage it takes to be running backwards, but then not to just be running backwards at those players, but to twist your body in the air and at the front of a pack, like kind of still take what would have been a spectacular high mark in a, I mean, just the degree of difficulty. Like some, I've heard yeah. some people say, oh, well, you know, it, it kind of also like it fluked it a bit, but he did everything to fluke it. Like, yeah. and all those high marks have got an element of fluke about them. You go for them yeah. and you see if they stick. Well, this one stuck. So you shouldn't judge him on the fact that, I mean, it's an amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible that at like family barbecues, for the rest of their lives, they're going to be able to argue about who took the best mark. Isn't that that's well, incredible? Well, I think the, the thing about Jack's one is that it has 
everything. Like it's just like he's run, he's showing courage, running back with a flight. He gets that lift, and then there's the kind of freaky rotation in the air. So it's it's kind of like the complete dunk. You know, it's just like it's so showy, but it's courageous. Like Nick's is just out and out courage and athleticism. Like he's just kamikaze, just flying backwards with the flight of the ball. But I think from an aesthetic point of view, when you watch Revolt, the Jacks in slow motion, it's incredible. It has like, it's like the perfect storytelling. It has three parts, you know, running back with the flight, you know, leaping up and getting the pump. And then the twist to – and he takes the ball clean. There's no like second grab or fumbling as he brings it down. Among six players, oh, yeah, no, it's incredible grab. Who's had the better career if you take out um, yeah. the premiership success? I think Nick's still slightly ahead as the best player, but the fact that it's even a conversation. And if you take in team success, then Jack's Has to be. probably had a slightly better career. Well, I, let's say this. Before 2017, I don't think there was anyone who would even – question who was the better revolt i would say after the last four years that that's a serious discussion now especially if i think nick's the better revolt i think that jack's had the better career Mm. good answer uh frio harbormaster wants to know what were your thoughts on not all clubs wearing their indigenous jumpers in the first round of sir doug nichols celebration personally i thought it was poor form to hold them over purely for team home games doesn't that defeat the purpose of celebrating our Indigenous stars? I absolutely could not agree more. Um, this is... Could not I mean, it was a real... I, it was like <coughs> one of the real shames of when COVID hit that it interrupted Sir Doug Nichols' round, like, and, you know, a bunch of the celebrations that were going to be involved. But this idea that we now split it over two weeks and people want to wear them at their, like, you know, home games and all these sort of things, I really believe in the idea that the indigenous jumpers should become the alternate jumpers. I just, Mm. and I've heard it gain a little bit of momentum. It seems that more people are talking about it. They are clearly for almost every team, the next best jumper that all of those teams have apart from their original jumper. And in many cases, the indigenous jumper is actually much better to look at than the original jumper. The only thing that elevates the original one is that it's the original jumper. Like, I just think as a true recognition of the Indigenous role in our game, I would love if it became that every team only had two strips. None of these, I don't want any other fancy, maybe retro round or whatever, but like in general, I don't want to have like 15 alternate jerseys. I would just love if you had like your regular one for home games and you had your Indigenous one for away games. I just think they need to be... I agree. I reckon it needs to be one week. Splitting it over two weeks just dilutes the impact of it, because it makes you can make more of a celebration if it's in one week. And they just need to be better organised, the teams, and talk, and say, "This is the fixture. This is our design. Well, we can't have them clash." Like that's the. I mean, it's insane that the Anzac Day, you know, jumper was the biggest clash you've ever seen, and they're allowed to play with it. Yet the Indigenous jumpers, they made them some teams, you know, wear their. Normal jerseys. It doesn't make any sense. Did you see the uh, footage of Charlie Cameron and the other Brisbane Aboriginal guys doing sort of the war dance as they came out? Like all that stuff is just adds to the pageantry and the joy of the game for me. Uh, Whenever I see any of that, I fucking love it. Me too. It's like when they did the Dreamtime game in Darwin last year. That was like goosebumps. It was such a a great part of the game. And I also love to think like when Charlie Cameron came out and did their little war dance, it's somewhere... 
Andrew Bolt was in an armchair about to take a sip of tea and then they did the water and he got so frightened because it was such a threatening action that he falls backwards out of his chair, scolds himself. Terrifying, terrifying. Uh, Fred says, is it bad that I'm delighting in Charlie's sadness, re the Saints? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As a Frio fan, the self-delusion of a shortcut rebuild is tempting. Uh, we did it with Lob, Bennell, Aish, Hogan, etc. As a fellow cellar dweller supporter, the first step is acknowledging that you have stuffed up and understanding that shortcut has set you back for three years. All right, look, settle down, mate. We won a final last year. I don't think it has been a fucking short rebuild. It's been a very long fucking rebuild with a lot of, like, we've made a lot of mistakes and draft picks that haven't worked out and stuff. I don't think, I think the strategy is sound. I just think the competition is, like, it's, Teams get good real quick. And, you know, look at Sydney, look at Adelaide, like a bunch of teams that were terrible last year got good. And if you're, unless you're on your game and improving by, you know, 10% every year, you're just going to get left behind. It's just, it's a game of margins, Will. Yeah. I look, I, I mean, the Saints were good on the weekend. That was optimistic. No, and... we weren't. We weren't. It was terrible. It was really. <laughs> to quote the Simpsons, Will, I didn't feel any pride. I felt less shame. <laughs> Uh, Michael wants to know, would you rather be a star player on a consistently shit team, so like Trevor Barker, or the whipping boy on a successful team? So like, um, he's a whipping boy on a successful team. Who did, who did, like, who did the Tigers all make fun of? I don't think they Caddy. have one, do they? Josh Caddy? Yeah, but he's not I think Josh really Caddy. playing that often, is he, Josh Caddy? Um, well, that's what he's saying. Would you rather be Josh Caddy, so you've played in three premierships, but everyone makes fun of you, or would you rather be Trevor Barker? I mean, well, look, you'd rather be Trevor Barker because the 80s were awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think at the time, it's hard to know, isn't it? Like, I, I don't mm. think I want to be the whipping boy anywhere, to be honest. Like, I don't feel yeah. like that's a role that I like. Normally, I would say that team success and being successful with others, but if you have to be the whipping boy of it, no, I'd rather be a good player at a shit team. It's really a question of just personal integrity because it's like, would you work in a job that you fucking hated for security and money or would you take the risk of, you know, potentially struggling but you've got personal freedom and you can determine your own future and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and you're the star and nobody fucking, you're nobody's whipping boy. <laughs> you whip <laughs> other boys. I am the boy whipper. I think that's, that's actually been a real problem. So. <laughs> Mini wants to know, if you had a time machine, what moment or player selection from a game for your respective teams would you change and how would it have changed your team by 2021? Well, let's not go too far back. Let's, let's keep it in the last 12 months because otherwise I'm just like, you know, changing team selection at the 2009 grand final or, you know, um, leaving Luke Ball on in the last 15 minutes. Let's bring it to 2021. What, there's so many things I would change <laughs> in our approach. What would I... Um, I reckon I probably would have dropped Dan Butler about three weeks ago. When they were talking tough about, you know, we've got standards and, you know, uh, selection, integrity and all that kind of stuff. And then they dropped two guys who played less than 20 games. <laughs> I think that was a bit of a mistake by the Saints. I reckon if there was, they could have a mulligan, they would probably drop like a Dan Butler or someone who's been underperforming. I don't have a lot of complaints, obviously, about what's happening at the Bulldogs at the moment, but... The one thing that I worry about is that there's not a place for Mitch Wallace in the team anymore. And mm. I I can see why, 
that you know they they don't think that there's a role for the him there at the moment. But I don't like that there isn't. Like I would like somehow Mitch Wallace to find his way back in the senior team by the finals. Edward wants to know with the stand rule, players have been getting creative, trying to put the goal kicker off, leaning one side, mm. pretending to throw grass, etc. Care to suggest some good ideas for those on the mark? Make your butt talk like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. <laughs> I mean, Someone's as long as you stand, as long as your feet yeah. don't move, I think you can still talk with your butt. And the first person to do it will be Harris Andrews. Because <laughs> Harris Andrews has had the piece of ham from Harry Taylor's sock passed to him as the next, next most weirdly wacky backman in the game. Because he has gone full Harry Taylor, Harris Andrews. Has he? Like, what's he doing? Oh, you know those, um, like, inflatable men that they have out the front of, like, mechanic shops and stuff like that, car washers? Yeah. Like, that's what he's doing on the mark at the moment. So he's, like, planting his feet and then becoming one of those giant inflatable men and just wobbling around. Did you kick a goal? No, but I went and bought a car. It was weird. <laughs> Simon wants to know, what are your favourite footy commentators, footy shows, TV, radio, or podcasts to watch and listen to? <clears throat> well, I'm a big fan of the Fox Footy podcast. I like uh, First Crack with Lee Montagna, Tom Morris, and uh, Kingy. I like listening to that on a Monday morning. And the Real Footy podcast from The Age, I like. Um, and I like The Outer Sanctum. I like Junk Time. And I like... What else is there that I listen to? Sometimes I listen to Damo um, and Nat Edwards' new show. I can't remember what it's called, yeah, like yeah, AFL yeah, Daily or something that's like that. Right. I just find Damien Barrett a bit, a bit much. I don't know. I, I, res, I respect him and stuff, but there's something about his tone which I find irritating. I don't know what it is. Do you, do you get what I'm talking I about? I like Damo. I'm, I've, I've always, yeah, I do I've always too. been a fan of him as a journalist and I kind of like his attitude, but I know that he divides people. I like the podcast he does with Hutchie, The Sounding Board, and I yeah. also listen to The Midweek Rub, which he does with Daisy and... Um, uh, with uh, Joey and uh, Wayne Carey. I think that's... Um, I listen to Robbo and... Um, uh, what's his face? Um, Michael Warner, Mick Warner. Uh, they have a yeah. podcast, the which I listen to. Two grumpy old men who hate their jobs and hate their lives. Um, but Mick Warner has written a really like interesting book. Yeah, I can't AFL, wait to read that. I can't wait to read that. Have you read it? No, but he is... An excellent journalist, and that is his sweet spot. That's when his loathing of the game and all involved in the game actually comes into its fore because he is about the only journalist who is brave enough to pick at some of the scabs that are clearly there. Like, it's just the fact that that general <laughs> mistrust and hatred of the game infuses his very being that really makes him an unpleasant person to listen to most of the time. Uh, Neil Kenny says... Oh, sorry. I'll cut that out, Charlie. Uh, one minute, 11. Neil... Says, hey guys, I live in Ireland, and while we can get AFL highlights in the odd game, no one really watches. What can the AFL do, or what would you do to widen its global viewership? Could they have more games abroad, or form a K-pop group, or remake Point Break with AFL players? What do you think they could do to broaden? I think just getting more celebrities into it. I think when um, who's that American Patrick Pat McAfee, McAfee or Pat yep. whatever his name was um, when he got into it, that was a good way to get. Like if someone like Chris Hemsworth wanted to seriously get into his AFL and was – if the doggies became for Chris Hemsworth, like the Lakers were to Jack Nicholson, like every week he's photographed in the stands and stuff like that. Sometimes he's with Matt Damon. Sometimes he's with Taika Waititi. Sometimes he's with, you know, some other celebrity. 
I reckon that is probably the best thing that could happen to the AFL on a global scale. It, if they marvelize abso- it. Literally marvelize it. Like it, I think that yeah. is that is absolutely the case. You've just got to say to Chris, the AFL, got, who already have a deal with Chris because he did a whole bunch of their um, you know, promo stuff anyway. So they go to him again. They say, we want to mm. do another deal. This time you don't even have to voice ads or appear in anything, nothing like that. All you have to do is every week, while you guys are like shooting in Sydney, we are going to get a box for you and your mates. And we just want to have you, Matt Damon, Tyker, Rita Ora, like whoever it is that happens to be, you know, in town. Tessa Thompson, Rita Ora. Yeah, they, they can, can kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some great ideas. Gil, Gil, just relax. <laughs> the game, sorry, sorry, The sorry. game's at That's four good. o'clock on a Sunday morning. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I agree. That, I think that would actually be... I think if you're overseas and you suddenly saw all these celebrities every week at this sport, you would be more yeah. inclined to be interested in the sport. Sprinkle a bit of that Byron Bay effect on the AFL. A few celebrities are photographed there. It starts getting on. Oh, the, the name starts AFL. Aussie rules starts becoming like spoken about pretty soon. You know, Russell Crowe's coming to games. Tom Cruise will pop by. All that kind of stuff. When borders open again, of course. Um, uh, Trent sent us this quote from Kane Twerp Corns. In regards to the McKay twins, which for a start, I did not know that Harry and Ben McKay were brothers. I didn't know that they were twins. Uh, this could be one of the greatest recruiting opportunities. I do. Oh, sorry. I do the, the twerp voice. This could be one of the greatest recruiting opportunities in AFL history. What about Essendon makes a pitch for these two to play together for the next 10 years? Uh, Kane Corns are talking about the McKay twins. What do you reckon of that? Why? I mean, why wouldn't you go to Essendon? Right. Why Essendon? Why, I don't understand why that... Because they'd... Well, because they've, they've probably got money after Danaher and Saad and all those guys left. Um, and you would say that Carlton disappointed this year. North are not going to be any good for a while. Like, the brothers want to play together. I mean, that's what you're banking on, right? It's the, it's the king bloody dilemma. I know. But really what you're wanting is... Like, I mean, really what you're buying here is Harry. And you have no, Ben was pretty good last week. Yeah, Ben's on, on good, no King. doubt. But Harry's like, I mean, Harry's leading the common medal. Like Harry's, yeah, a young gun. Like you are the majority here playing for Harry, and you're getting Ben chucked in for free, basically. Yeah, well, you're getting you're getting duplicates. It's like you buy two pairs of the same sunglasses because you know you lose them, <laughs> <laughs> so you always want an identical pair as backup. Uh, this is Helen, who I referenced earlier. Why do AFL shows like Footy Classified and AFL 60 have to focus so heavily on Victorian teams, even when the non-Vic teams are winning? These shows do air in other states and territories. Full disclosure, I'm a Brisbane Lions supporter. Um, look, I don't even notice the bias, but maybe that's my Victorian privilege um, that, you know, I, uh, I I don't take account of it. But I, I would, mean, I feel like also, though, I think pretty... that like when it comes to... Like we have some Victorian privilege because we barrack for Victorian teams, and like the AFL can still be the BFL sometimes because of the like all the Victorian teams that are in there. I understand that, but you know, you and I, the majority of the last twenty years, have not lived in Victoria. Like we both have, you know, watched our teams play from interstate. We live in states that haven't been predominantly like you know football states. We kind of see what that's like. I think Brisbane. Like, football is clearly back in Brisbane. Their team is awesome. Like, last year was so good for Queensland football. It genuinely was. Having all the games up there, it really has seemed to reinvigorate people's interest in, like, AFL football in the state of Queensland. Like, 
the fact that there are Brisbane fans who are angry that they're not talking about Brisbane enough on AFL 360 is such a good sign for the game. Yeah. Like, if Gil McLaughlin uh, heard that letter, he'd be wrapped. He'd be like, <laughs> it was all worth it. We've got Helen. Helen, I feel like everything that I've listened to in the last two weeks has been very gushing about the Brisbane Lions. I feel like they are getting a lot of coverage. Um, maybe it's your Queensland bias that prevents you from seeing how balanced these yeah. uh, podcasts are. Well, shows I are. would say that Chris Fagan has had a policy that with the players, he doesn't want them to obviously get too lauded in the media because, you know, obviously some of them will get big heads and like Hipwood and Danaher <laughs> might get normal sized heads. <laughs> Uh, lastly, Dan says, the game loves a bit of poetic justice. Do you think the only way Bucks wins a cup is by returning to Brisbane to coach? Would also mean we could get uh, see Fagan tossed out the Gabba in the old Gill style. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't think it'll happen, but I would just love to see like Chris Fagan arrive to work. He goes to his office and there's like Bucks with his just feet up on the desk and he's like, oh, geez, I knew it was coming. Oh, Fags, you've done it now. Nathan Buckley's got a whiteboard with a list of five things that Gil can do with the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I, I think I suggested this on the show a while ago. I, yeah, I, feel, I feel like, like the idea of Buckley going to Brisbane. I think like Gil might be at the stage of his coaching career where, you know, he could go into a more sort of, you know, a different role. Like, and they could, I think Buckley would benefit from having. You're worried about him having a heart attack, aren't you? Well, I think as long as Nathan guarantees that he's up to date on his CPR, we can give you the job. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Like, you just see, like, what's he going to do in the, in, the, in the pressure cooker of a grand final? Chris Fagan, what, what pratfall is going to happen to him? Well, that's how, out of the box. that's how Bucks coaches a grand final. So he comes yeah. in as an assistant under Fagan at Brisbane, like with the potential of it being a handover. And in the middle of the final quarter, Fagan has a heart attack and Buckley coaches <laughs> the rest of the game and accepts the trophy at the end for Brisbane. No, I want, I, I want to see Chris Fagan get the trophy because I get the feeling when he goes up to get the medal, the little kid hands him the cap and, you know, whatever, that he'll go to put the cap on, but he'll accidentally slap the kid in the face and then he'll pull the hat down too low of his eyes and stumble around the stage like tumble. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, jeez. Right. Oh, so he's not dead yet. But Nathan yeah. Buckley drags him up there weekend at Bernie's style and just kind of has to prop him up and hold the cup up for him. I love it. Now, that's a succession plan. All right. That's uh, two guys, one cup this week. Don't forget to to go to tofop.com if you want to check out some other great podcasts. Uh, Who's on Willosophy this week? Uh, Akech Makua, who's a AFLW player. So if you like AFL and you want to hear Akech's story, then I think you should check out Willosophy. And also, uh, just a quick plug, I have some uh, shows. So uh, in a week and a half, I'll be in Wagga Wagga, the home of uh, Wayne Carey, of course. Uh, yeah, I'll be in Wagga Wagga uh, doing my show Were Legal which is all about being arrested on the way to Wagga Wagga in 2017 so if you're in Wagga or the nearby area and you want to come along and see that I would highly recommend that I'm going to Corumban on the Gold Coast despite my uh, <laughs> protestations that the entire Gold Coast should be bulldozed into the ocean I am actually going to Corumban which is on the Gold Coast to do my Were Legal show as well and some Sydney shows to be announced in the next few days you should get Matt Rao to come to your Gold Coast gig. Just leave a trail of footballs to the theatre. I would love. See, now that you've put it in my head, could I get Matt Rao Please to... Leave, I could yeah, invite him, right? Leave your tickets out for him. Of course. Just go on online. He's online. He's on Instagram. 
You know what? That would be great for the show. Well, here's what I'm definitely going to do. I'm going to leave two tickets under Matt Rowell. So there will be two tickets for Matt Rowell if he wants to come. If he wants to bring Noah Anderson, his best friend, to the game, (laughs) they can go somewhere local for some chorizo pasta, then pop down to (laughs) Corumban, see me do my show, uh, and I'll meet him afterwards. I would love that. Uh, at tofop.com, you will also find uh, uh, Tofop, which is another podcast we do, which is like this with slightly less football chat. And if you want to support us, the best way to do that is to go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Tofop. There's a bunch of bonus material there that's mainly to do with our other podcast. But look, we just uh, we just need the support. We love the support. Um, and don't forget, we do our tips every Thursday uh, at about 5 p.m. I'll put a little message up on the Two Guys, One Cup Instagram page tomorrow to let you know exactly what time it is. But generally, it's in the afternoon. But for now, play on not 15. Whoa. We are two guys.